This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. Only the best discs has a huge selection with high quality pictures of each disc, actual disc weights, flatness, and stiffness listed. Did I mention fast shipping? Get it free on your next order at otbdiscs.com using promo code DGPODCAST. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 175 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. That is hands down, I would say my favorite disc weight. Yeah. But I, I Nate would, Sexton's I, favorite, too. I think it's my favorite. If it's not my favorite, it's definitely the most prevalent in my bag. We tend to err towards it just because, from a review standpoint, it it kind of like gives us the baseline, like we're reviewing a max weight, and we'll mention it if we're not right. reviewing a disc that is on the high end. We'll say, "Hey, this is a, actually a one sixty eight gram," so you know, take that as you will. But it's also like, look how strong I am. I only throw a max weight, yeah. And then I'm like, "Oh, it was a brick out of my hand. I guess I probably <laughs> shouldn't have been throwing a max weight, but I'll keep throwing it." But that's an important conversation that that lightweight discs have a, a place in our bags. They do, and and you know what? Like the other important thing to talk about, there are times that it makes a difference, and it doesn't always, especially like a fresh disc. Um, well, depending on manufacturer, but you know the difference between a one seventy five and a one seventy three is not drastic. Once you get like the one sixty eight, one sixty nine to the one seventy five, you can see some difference. We've um, also learned that a disc marked 175 doesn't necessarily mean it's 175. Mean, yeah, totally. So we've had that as well. But I guess I guess for standard, not all, but for standard drivers and putters, yeah, 175 is max weight. Well, so the the weight limit is based on diameter, right? So the larger the diameter, the the higher the weight limit. So. Um, for for most discs, like 180, like a mid range 180 grams type thing is pretty common, and then for uh, drivers and putters, 175 is is extremely common. Right, so. right, and you'll you'll see 174, you'll see 176, um, but the majority 175 is is where that world lives. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, famously Nate Sexton uh, incorporated it into his uh, logo that he did. He made the the NS that also is a 175. Did you see that? I did. I didn't know he did it on purpose. Yeah, he did. I don't, I don't like that. Neither do I. Um, but did Germ make it? I don't think so. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> Germ does a good job. That's my point. Like, That's yeah. my exact point is Germ, is, he, I think he has a degree or something in, I don't know necessarily a degree, but he's done a lot of work in graphic design. I, he, I mean, he's definitely a skilled designer. He is. Like, he is. His, his, his discs do. are awesome. Yeah. Um, the 2017 Germbird is one of my favorite stamps. Yeah. All time. Yeah. And then on the 2019 Sex and Firebirds, you see that that uh, NS175 logo, which uh, is is on a lot of his other stuff too now. Yeah. So on the, I'm I'm surprised we have not bought a Firefly yet. I. I kind of am too, to be honest. That's kind of wild that we have. I mean, it, it's basically a P2 clone, right? Because that's what he switched. He was was using P2s. 
I mean, we don't know because we don't have one. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Is it because you're afraid you'll be like, damn it? No, no, I think I'm you're good pretty on, set. Yeah, I'm set. Yeah, I mean, the roach has been doing good for you. Yeah, so I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like a worry anymore of like a putter thing. The main thing for me was I was rocking McPro AVRs forever, and I liked them. And yeah, I, I oh, still you loved them. I still do. Yeah, I loved them, but at the same time, like I can't continue to putt with a putter that's getting discontinued. Um. And I like, especially for me, I like my putters fresh. I know. I so. know. I was thinking about that today. Like, I'm like, I think my putter's ready to go. Yeah. And I have other backups, mm-hmm. but I've been putting with uh, Disc Golf Podcast ones. Yeah. And there may be a few in inventory that I'm like, well, maybe we just don't have Disc Golf <laughs> Podcast judges anymore. Because to me, putters are like socks. There's nothing like a fresh pair of it's socks. The, it, yeah. You know, I just, it, there's no nicks in them. They're, they're, they're ready to go. So I, I played disc golf today uh, with this dude, Frank, who's a rad dude, local guy, uh, Gateway sponsored. And he was like, oh, check out. This is my my Wizlock. So it's a wizard that he's had for like three years and he's thrown so much that the bead is gone. Wow. And I'm like, I could never do that. No. That's so gross to no. me. That, that's- Sean Mercy, too. Uh, SF Sean Mercy like has, like I think they're JK. Uh, they may be K- I think they may be their K- KC AVRs okay. that are just destroyed that are like so beat yeah. like three could, four could five one. Years i mean both down. of those are beaded so uh that i'm just like no i don't like that like i like i said i'm probably four months in on my putter right now and i hate it like today all day <laughs> i was like oh why do i still have this in my bag i need a new one this thing's gross and it like if you picked it up, you'd be like, "Oh, it's like barely nicked at all," and I'm like, "There's, it's too much." Yeah, it's too, no, I, I felt something weird on my finger when I was spinning in my hand. I don't like it. Or, or when you bring out the new putter and you catch a nub on like the third putt or something like that, and it gets a nice little like three quarter inch gash along the side. Yep, and then you just throw it away. You just throw <laughs> it away, and you pull the new one out, and you're like, "All right, well, that one's trash now. That was too bad. We had a good run. Depends on what whether it went in after the nub hit or not." I'm guessing if it hit the nub hard enough to gash it. I just it. pull out my, my everyday carry and cut it in half. <laughs> Fuck you. You're out of here. And Paul McBeth just fold it in half and throw it to the side. Right? Yeah. I, hey, I get it. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, when you are as skilled a putter as Paul McBeth, it, these things happen. You just, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not a good putter. Oh, I thought, yeah, I was like, are we just talking about Paul or are you like referencing yourself? I, I, you know, I thought about it for a second, but then like, you know. It it didn't, it just, it hurt. So I stopped. Anyway, uh, we've got a great show for yeah, you tonight. Yep. On the Disc Golf Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about Paige Purse, Paige Pierce, Paige Purse, Paige Purse, going to because uh, she wins the purse every time. That's oh, why you call uh, that. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that. That's a regular nickname. It's a nickname everybody knows for Paige Pierce. <laughs> yep, it's it's a, very common. It was definitely, definitely not a flub. Yeah, no, not at all. That was very much the new nickname I decided I'm going to call her Paige Purse because she wins it every time. Pew. Going to Discraft. Pew. You know, pew pew, like pee pee. Yeah, <laughs> pew pew. Uh, pew pews. Which is like super old news now, by the way. Because yeah. it came out literally <laughs> the day after our when episode. When we released the podcast, it came out. <laughs> and that was two weeks ago because it was Thanksgiving we listened episode. Uh, but Ian, I mean, was on. I guarantee, by the way, I love you so much, Ian. And we'll talk about you a little bit more in a little bit. Um, 
you 100% knew. Oh, of course he did. He, he was like, I'm hearing Discrab, but I don't know for sure. I'm like, you f- fucking, they're already making Jomez videos. Like, yeah. 100% you know <laughs> it happened. Like, when he said that, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then it came out, I was like, oh, he was right. And then a video came out that same day, and I was like, you knew. <laughs> you 100% knew. Jomez was making a video sponsored by Discraft of her, like, unveiling that shit. It's clear we're not in the circle of trust yet. No, no, and that's fine. No, we're the. What did you? (laughs) What did you say in our pre-show? Who are we? Oh, the the bar stool. (laughs) We're the bar stool sports of. uh, You have to be careful what you say to us. Oh god! And uh, after that, we I do want to talk a little bit about the PDGA uh, media decision for the uh, the live coverage. Ian talked about it a little bit, and there are things that he was too kind to say that I would like to say. Uh, and, and, uh, so we'll, we'll hit that. And then we're going to continue our brand starter packs. So to tonight we'll do uh, West side MVP axiom and legacy. We'll get those four in and then we'll do our world famous deer review tonight. We have the millennium Draco, which is a nine speed three glide zero turn four fade, uh, distance driver. And we're going to pair that with sunlight cream ale by sun King brewery. <laughs> in indiana <laughs> and this was sent to us by christopher eplin and uh it's a 5.3 percent uh cream ale so we got a busy show joe we better better get moving we did also uh newsflash uh grady shoe not to let 64 yeah that's uh also i'm sorry i didn't include that but important news was it any other movement uh oakley re-upped but we also have learned with Paige pierce that re-upping doesn't necessarily doesn't mean, mean anything. anything yeah no um which is fun and that's something that you brought up with the Macbeth stuff is like does it really mean that might like what is what does that i would suspect mean? that with the paul Macbeth contract his current one with this craft it does mean something it does totally but um, i think all the other ones are probably I think- very subject to like meh I don't feel I like it. Very much think so. I I think that there's very little. It, it also, it has to be a big time enough deal for it to be worth it for one side or the other to pursue litigation. To right. So otherwise, uh, why would they pay a lawyer to try and sort something out when they would not stand to profit from that situation? So, uh, if the contract's value doesn't total up to something that would necessitate litigation. It doesn't, right? It, so, I, I think that's probably while they may be actual contracts for these periods of time. If something happens and there's a falling out, uh, like with Paige Pierce, and they just kind of say, "Hey, like this isn't working. Let's part ways." I, that's kind of who's gonna be the first uh, disc golfer to like sign a non compete and not realize it. Well, there's no that would be rough i and mean get like dipped and then be like no you can't get another sponsor that, well why would you why would a disc golfer sign a non-compete i'm just saying there's not the brightest disc golfers out there <laughs> I, I mean in the sense that someone's gonna get duped not that they'd be like oh of course i never would <laughs> i don't i don't know that that would ever happen. <laughs> i'm gonna start my own disc brand and make the coolest stamps ever with my own logo that i made <laughs> Drew Gibson signed a non-compete because he thought it meant that no one could compete with him. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> God, that stamp's so bad. <laughs> <It's> so bad. 
Hey, Gibson Industries. They are so hot right now. Making hoodies. And okay, uh, water bottles and water bottles. <laughs> anyway, so water bottles. Page purse to uh, Discraft. Yep. Page purse, as we always call it. Page purse. <laughs> Winning the purse. Which is huge. And I think that is awesome. Um, she's going back home. I know people are already pumped on, on her, what, striker? Is that what it is? Or Stalker. Stalker. Sorry. Yeah. Um, good. Good. And I, she's got a putter. I really, actually, one thing I did want to say is I love her logo. They did an incredible job yeah. with that. Whoever did it, uh, like it's super simple, but just the the two peas, the intertwined, and uh, it looks great, and um, that's that's awesome. I think that's gonna probably it's going to turn out as big German. He's he's at Discraft too, <laughs> maybe, but but uh, no, it looks great, and uh, they've already put out you know some promotional videos with her and her dad and and discs like right away. Yeah, yeah, which means this has been like brewing for yeah. a hot minute. Totally has for like probably three months. Yeah, same thing with Macbeth. You know, totally. It was it. It was probably uh, it was probably done in September, and they've been working on discs, uh, promotional marketing, and you know, kind of a launch plan since then. And it's just kind of so. So here's something that I heard, and we saw it in Slack, and people just kind of rolled right past it. And I may be an awful person for questioning it. Um, it was said actually right before she took it. Someone in our Slack group said that Paige Pierce went to Discraft and said, I want the same deal that Paul got. Okay. Um, and I feel like in our Slack group and any media I've looked at kind of, that just kind of got glazed over. <clears throat> what are the odds in your mind that she got the same deal Paul got? zero yeah okay i just want to make sure i wasn't the only one that was like there's no way there's no way they're like i mean she she very well may have gotten similar um uh you know kind of royalty type uh situation on the discs that she sells like that totally. part of the I deal think, could have been and, identical and she's already shown that she's getting her own line ish yeah. like she's getting her but, putters I mean, her own but that upfront money i, I just don't see yeah. that well i mean there's no question that paul Macbeth as a disc golf money driving marketing machine is infinitely more valuable than any other disc golfer in the in, world regardless alone, of male female yeah so like uh, there's no reason for anyone male or female to be compensated more or the same as paul Macbeth because he just he, right. he drives so much more sales than anyone else in the sport tenfold uh you know second place to probably you know i i'm sorry Second place would be maybe the Sexton Firebird in terms of disc sold by right. by a single entity. Right. I mean, with that said, like I'll be, I don't throw a single one of them. But aside from the very first time he broke the rating record, which is what ten fifty seven, when he had those ten fifty six and then ten fifty seven. But the ten fifty seven Zeus, whatever the one that oh, okay. went like. Well, I was talking about because I have a ten fifty six McPro AVR. Okay, well I'm talking about ten fifty five maybe fifty five. So, anyways, Discraft, yeah. whatever the first one he broke with Discraft, they had the the Zeus yep. Super Limited. Yeah. Aside from that one, we own every. Probably yeah. We I mean we've got ten sixty uh, yeah. Analux is on the way. Like, whoa, that was a weird way to pronounce that. Well, that's how it's pronounced. It's okay. Look how it's spelled. Uh, 
We've got those on the way. We got we got the. There's an L in that. I didn't. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. Okay. You should right. look at it. No, just checking. We we have the the five time Lunas. Yep. We've got a freaking uh, crystal Raptor. We own all that shit because it sells, and I want it, and I don't know why I want it. I don't throw no. it. I don't care, but I'm like, I want that. Because he's the best disc golfer in the world yeah. and has a chance to be the best disc golfer ever. Yep. And that's there's just that's why. And we collect discs. So Yeah, we do. That's Dude, a, we're we're that's, gross. That's why and we, awesome. That's why we have them. And gross. So but nonetheless, Paige going to Discraft, I think this is a big move. Discraft kind of continuing to you know, set the bar for uh, disc golf manufacturers in both marketing and their signings, their disc releases. Uh, it's uh, it's it's clear top dog right now. So, uh, and just... they they both the the MPO champion and the FPO champion. So it's it's so wild because when we started this podcast, out of big brands, they were the lowest. I, honestly, I can remember. And it wasn't even really that long ago when discraft throwers outside of buzz throwers were basically mocked. Like, and we mocked them. We're like, we're not going to review that because no one throws that. Like, why are we going to throw those discs? Like the nukes, you know, people because the nuke was like the disc that that the beginner threw. They got I still talk trash about it. You know, got the nuke or the nuke OS, and they go out there and and have no idea what they're doing, hucking that thing around. So, I mean, it was definitely kind of a source of it. So it's amazing that. The transformation. I mean, Discraft always made great discs, and they certainly kind of did an awesome job, particularly with their overstable stuff. But I mean, I've been a buzz thrower forever, and then Zones, you know, made their way into the into the mix. And, and but I'll t- uh, I'll tell you right now, without Paul, no way, no way close to that. Yeah, with yeah, no, I mean, no, it's it's not. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. Yeah. It's it's crazy in terms of the popularity of it, right, yeah, right. Not definitely. not the quality of disc, but the popularity for sure. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. I mean, with that said, I think I still only have. I mean, he could release a, a, a six point five speed disc called the Turd through Discraft, and and we would buy it a five X Turd. It's the Turt. It's a <laughs> it's a Greek uh, demigod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, right, I have to think about it. I'm like running my bag through my head real quick. Yeah, I think that's only disc. I hate to, I hate to bring it. Oh here. no, zones! I'm tripping hella yeah. hard. Yeah, sorry. I hate to bring it here one more time, but uh, I was on Instagram earlier, just you know, looking at at stuff, and um, the Gru got a Zeus tattoo, a huge Zeus tattoo, like Greek god Zeus, on his lower leg, like calf, side of leg sort of thing. I just, you know. I just gotta, I gotta just take that in for a second. Sorry for the. Silence. I mean, it was really well done, but nonetheless, you know. And he he, ta- he tagged he, he, he tagged Paul. He didn't design it, right? I don't. I'd probably not. Okay. <laughs> it's not a clip art, Zeus. <laughs> but it was just like, what is a clip art? I'm, I need to take it back. I'm like, listen. He's not a bad guy. I'm 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 going I'm going way too deep in the paint, like. I apologize. You're right. He You're fucking right. smashes. He's got a giant arm. Uh, he can throw a rock better than anyone on earth. Uh, he just questionable design and goofiness. Possibly, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I want to take us over to... Uh, That's, like, for real, though? Yes. 
Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I want to we. We talked to Ian. God, what tattoos do you think he has? Sorry. <laughs> what tattoos do you think he has that aren't visible that are just like d- too much? No, there's not. There, he would definitely post a picture of it no matter where it was. Does he ever? He's got to have a rock tattoo somewhere. Hashtag. Like that bird. Like he's got to have a bird somewhere. Probably. He probably has like an eagle draped in American flag tearing through his skin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Possibly. And it, like there's a word bubble goes, rah! <laughs> All right. Last week, we had Ian Anderson on. Well, not last week. Do you think week. he has a tramp stamp? <laughs> I, I, be, I bet he does. Can you fucking stop it? I bet he does. Though. Like, just look at that. I bet he does. You started. Do you think it's tribal? No. So, two uh, weeks ago, since we missed it. My wife has one. All right, go ahead. So, two weeks ago, I was saying last week, but really it was two weeks ago because we missed uh, Thanksgiving week. But uh, we had Ian Anderson on, and one of the questions I asked him was, uh, you know, how the process of the PDGA deciding uh, who gets to film what cards and put it out on their channel went down, and he was kind of like uh, reserved on it. He was like, well, basically, they just, you know, they just decided, and they they uh, they let Jomez uh, take first pick, and then everyone else gets to pick after that. Um and uh you know we pressed a little bit but he it was clear he didn't want to say anything about it and he didn't say anything to us about it privately either uh but i would i personally looking at it from the outside think that the way the pdga doled out the the media coverage for 2020 was a a, a tad unprofessional and i wow you it was bullshit. Like you know, like well, I'm gonna explain. I, I I can see one side of it because they probably saw what happened to the Disc Golf Pro Tour when the Disc Golf Pro Tour decided that they were gonna do something different than give Jomez, you know, full reign on the coverage and the backlash that it caused. And so they probably were thinking a little bit about that. So I do see that angle of it, but at the same time, we've got media coverage companies popping up at this point and one of the the greatest things you can see over time in disc golf media coverage is how it's improved over time and the big part of that is kind of this open competition that keeps these different companies moving forward and improving the coverage that we see and to just hand off lead card coverage to who they deem to be the the right person doesn't seem to make sense to me. I also, I think someone might have paid them. I mm. I I think that that if they said, "Hey, we're going to sell the rights to MPO One," who's going to give us the best bid? Not not necessarily like it doesn't even have to be money. It could just be, "Hey." MPO one is available. What are you going to do to make MPO one the best possible coverage so that the PDGA and the elite cards are put in the best possible light? Give us your proposal for how you think that this can be the best coverage in the history of the sport yet and say, Hey, Jomez, tell us how you're going to do that. CCDG, tell us how you're going to do this. Any yeah, other I company. mean, I, I but feel that's, like that's what you do. I feel like 
we would have heard a little something from Ian if that was the case. With that said, no, that wasn't the case. Oh yeah, right. Oh okay, I thought you were saying. I'm, I'm saying that's what they should have done. No, totally. But I could also make it an open competition, an open yeah. process for for who gets it, rather than just Jomez gets this. Jomez got first pick. This is Ian didn't say this directly to us. I've seen it other places. Um, I know it to be true. Jomez was given first choice. They took MPO one for all of the of the NT events, and CCDG was given. He basically, after that, they're like, "Okay, MPO one is Joe Mez. I, I think. I think more so. Um, I, I think things should have been grandfathered in. I think it should have been like, you historically have had Masters Cup. Like, we're going to continue that. Would that would be fine too. Like, I think that makes more I sense. Mean, like, you you have iconic videos of these courses and these tournaments. Like, this is your like mm-hmm. your shit, and you could hear that in Ian's voice, like talking about it. Like Beaver State. Like, those are things that he's done before Jomez was even rocking tournaments like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, CCDG was is is OG, See, and, and the- not saying Jomez hasn't been around for a while, but. They they were getting around for a minute and and putting out like quality product. Um, I I think it is worth honoring. See, but that's the opposite of what I was saying. Yeah, I, I'm. Oh saying, no, totally. And because because what you're different... arguing is is the same is the main reason that Jomez got it again. It's grandfathered in. Like they were the best disc golf media. Well, producer. that's how grandfathered in. I mean, in the sense of like you've historically had MPO but, at this. Exactly, and what the, but what they're saying is that Jomez was the most popular disc golf video maker last right, year, right? And uh, their world's videos, all their videos have gotten the most views. You get it, and while uh, it that may be the right choice, and it probably was, um, I still think that you should have in a a governing body like these are elected officials for the PDGA, like you should have a similarly open process into how your media gets distributed as well. That way you can say, hey, we had proposals for different media plans and we chose Jomez because they put together the strongest media plan for this valuable MPO coverage. Right, right. So that that was all. That That's my main point. And, and I, I, the fa- yeah. I think that other people, like maybe... They ha- maybe there are things that they're not aware of, or that that uh, could be proposed, or maybe someone was willing to pay them for, or someone you know, was. I I wouldn't be blown away. Um, and that's money that you can know, be put and you know, CCDG, or, all those other people, they they've you know, Ian, we know has a day job, and they all have things that are going on, yep. and and Joma's right now. This is a profession, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just put together a package and and went. Maybe. And it may have not been money; it may have been just like. I'm going to advocate super hard. I'm going to lobby for why we should have it. Mm-hmm. And no one else came and lobbied and they went, okay, that makes sense. Let's roll with it. Yeah. But I, 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 uh, I haven't seen that that's the case. No. So no, no. And I think <clears throat> ultimately going back to the beginning, we're, we're both upset that it, it broke out the way it did. I do think, um, our thing, I know, you know, the things that, that Ian said are fantastic. And I do really feel, honestly, that CCDG is going to do amazing things for FPO. Yeah, I do too. I think that's going to be huge. Um, 
and 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 I'll be one hundred percent honest whether people like it or dislike it. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's like groundbreaking or earth shattering. I definitely watched a lot more MPO than FPO last year. Yeah, I'd I'd say that's been like, true. Like for... like probably two to one. Yeah. Um, with CCDG, it, that's the way I'm going to get my CCDG fix. I'm going to watch a lot more FPO next year. Yeah. Like that's the truth. So, I mean, it's working in that sense. Um, but I do feel for him. Like Ian's the fucking most rad dude. You guys have heard the podcast with him on. Like, some I don't of think our he, best podcast ever. Right. He he. I don't think he deserved to get done that way. Um, yeah. I think that that uh, despite a an aside from my kind of angle of that that they should have been allowed for proposals. It seems like they could have doled out CCDG a couple of of the MPO one cards um in at some of these totally, events that, totally. that are like you know that he's done in the past just like you were right, saying that maybe outside you know, of Joe's tour with that said I don't too, think it had to be across the board with, like that. with your thought too I, I think there's totally the possibility that they say give us presentations you know uh-huh. sell it and Ian would go I don't got time for like well, I don't know. I think you'd, I think, I think you would, but I'm just saying Jomez has a lot more time in my mind, and I could be totally wrong. Yeah, to put stuff together with a, like a media team than mm-hmm. than Ian uh, with you know joining you with 15 kids and <laughs> and a day job. I don't know. I I think that that he would be ready for it. I think he would. He's fucking. He's he's the best. So I I think I just. I, Everyone uh, join CCDG's Patreon. Just, just send as, Ian all your money. As, as a business person myself, having a a um an asset like that in PO one just kind of um unilaterally decided to be uh you know given to one media company uh, rather than either splitting it up or saying hey you know if you want to do this um what what do you propose that that you know, we can make either the coverage better or that we can funnel some money in so we can have some live coverage or whatever it is. Um, so I, or, or that we get, you know, media sponsorship on these things. I'm sure they are, but I still think that it, it, the fact that it was just kind of this unilateral decision, Jomez gets, gets MPO one for all of the, right. Right, and, so it's like when I and Ian wasn't going to talk to us about it. When I saw but, uh, Three Inches of Blood, Children of Bodom, and Death Angel in San Francisco, and you would think Death Angel like brought up the metal scene in San Francisco, they're for sure going to headline. That's their home, and then they're the middle, and Children of Bodom headlines. What's going on there? You know what I'm saying? That's wild. Same thing. Same thing. I I just I don't I don't even know what it made sense. Wow, we really need a sneeze button on this show or something. <laughs> made sense. All right, so you hit that uh, smelling salt again. No, no, definitely not. Well, I guess uh, at this point we should just move on to our uh, continuation of our brand starter packs, right? Since yeah, we just brought that to a screeching halt with metal bands. Right, those were metal bands. I'm assuming they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Death Angel's like like uh, old school thrash, uh, and then Three Inches of Blood is like um, 
they're metal, but they're it's like Quentin Tarantino's they're, they're like, band. They're like fantasy metal. Like they're all about like orcs, orcs and battles and okay. stuff. And then Children of Bodom is just like a, a what, pretty what, rad what like European. I, I still, you've uh, said it three times. Band. I can't. Children of Bodom. Oh, Children of. Bo- oh, got it. Like right. there's like a lake in like Finland or something where like hella kids were drowned and uh, Lake Bodom. So they're Children of Bodom. You know, good times. Uh huh. The Alexi Lehau Leho, the guitar singer. <laughs> Shreds. Is that the guy that that sang Shreds, somewhere under the rainbow? Uh, no, th- that's uh, like is. <laughs> uh, he's got lots more long name than that, but uh, I don't, I don't know it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so a uh, couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, I guess we started our uh, brand starter packs, uh, disc golf podcast brand starter packs, where we wanted to uh, decide what. The starter packs would be for each brand and let you know what we think if if you were to stick to one brand, what you should start with or what a beginner would start with. And the the preface to it was that we were thinking about a couple of things. We want these discs to be suitable for a beginning player, but that also something that would stick in your bag long term as you grow as a disc golfer. So and we do put a little bit of thought into how those discs work together. So if we picked a couple of understable discs, uh, you know, we would try to pair it with maybe a slightly more overstable one somewhere in there. Maybe it's like an understable putter, an understable mid-range, and a slightly more overstable fairway or, or you know, in any particular yeah, order. Yeah, vice versa. But we, we try to get one disc in there in, in each kind of range of stability um, while... while to some degree sticking to like understable discs that will help you learn backhand form um, specifically. So uh, in this episode, we're going to do West Side, MVP, Axiom, and Legacy. Right. And uh, we originally had, we're going to do this in two episodes, but we're going to end up doing even more. So there'll be a third episode, the next one, which I think will happen next week, right? We don't have any conflictions? Nope. I'm in LA till Monday, but I'm back. <laughs> no affliction. Do you think Drew has an affliction tattoo? <laughs> he has to. But he has an affliction. He might, like, whatever on his chest just says, come at me, bro. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll have more. We'll do Prodigy, Castaplast. We'll probably do our own. There might be someone else we'll sneak in. Yeah, there. we got we, we got Prodigy that we'll have to do, uh, Casta, and we also want to do our ultimate uh, disc golf podcast starter pack, which is like the the three discs we think across all brands that is the best starter pack ever. And longtime listeners can probably guess that. And if there is a brand that we've missed that you really think needs to have a starter pack, Joey, I love you so much, but there's not going to be a gateway. I, we don't know enough about gateway yeah. to even do it. Um, I just played disc golf today with a sponsored gateway player, and he was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, But if there's like a brand that we're just somehow totally missing, let us know, and we'll talk about it. Also, Bay, we're not going to do Vibram. <laughs> they did. Definitely not. So, I mean, I think the of of the ones that that are left over, you know, Casta is some somebody that we we hear about all the time from people. So we've we've done a few of their discs. We've got another coming up. So we're going to try and pair that uh, with with Mint. Mint might be there right now. Well, Mint only has three discs. So they have four now. We'll do one in well, a couple weeks. Technically, at the moment, yeah. Okay, they have four. They have, they have, right. they have Freetail, Profit, the Alpha, and Bobcat. Okay. 
I mean, right. it's for sure. Uh, one of them, one of those discs won't be in that mix. <laughs> we could probably pull together DGA. DGA would would be a, a good choice too. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. That's so. probably. <laughs> oh, did oh we're doing Legacy today? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do Legacy today, and uh, and then um, you know West Side at the moment. So yeah, are you ready to uh, to get into West Side? I am. So. Um, West Side. So you give me yours. Mine's a little bit different. Oh, sweet. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So uh, with West Side, my first choice is the Swan for the putter, um, and the Swan is is just like a like a a nice stable to understable putter. Uh, it's it's like I've used Shields. I actually putted with Shields at some point. They're very overstable and a nice putter. I think that the Swan is a nicer. Uh, kind of introduction to to the putter game in yeah, it's a terms nice, of a throwing putter. Nice understood. With that said, I I do like the shield for that spot as someone who came up like my main putter was a wizard. And the shield reminds me of that a little bit, that just a little over stability. And we have not thrown it, but I have heard amazing things um about the crown. Yes. And that being very comparable to a judge. Okay. So that does make me think that the crown could very possibly be it could be um, a, a high quality putter to start with. But I would say with either because there's a swan and the swan reborn. Yeah. Um, I've actually in the swan reborn. Too. I have never thrown. So I, I, I think basically any putter aside from a harp, um, you're probably okay with. Yeah, because you could still putt with them right um and then uh, i i had something different in notes but but based on on what i've chosen for the control driver and i and i think i'm gonna align with you on the on what it is but the pine yeah oh good thank you yeah different notes that's what the one i had the biggest difference because like rob was saying um we try and pair like some understable with with a little stable so you have a little uh you know different some that you can as your arm builds you can still kind of rip and i think a pine is that perfect not crazy overstable um but but you got to rip it to get it to go yeah uh and i think that's a beautiful mid especially if you have like a putter like more i would say a shield than a swan um but a putter that you can get some work out of uh for a long time before you even need to touch a pine yeah but that'll that'll roll you right into the the world of the pine it's just it's such a good mid range. I yeah. love it. I it's, love it. So it's much. more overstable than I would than I would like. Um, I, I had considered the warship, which is a lot more neutral, and and um, it would still be a good choice. Also, honorable mention to the Tursus, yep. which is which is their fairly pretty darn understable uh, version. So for a beginning player, maybe you would you would tilt towards a Tursus, right? Um, but I, I think the Pine has the the most long term value to the bag. Um, and then we agree on this one for the sure. Next one is the seer. Yeah. Um, so a seven speed. Uh, it's like a minus minus one or two. I forget what it is. Probably minus a minus two. two. Probably. Um, pretty fairly understable fairway driver, control driver, decent glide. Like it's a it's yeah. a it's an FD clone. Yeah. It it's pretty close to an FD. I'd say a little bit more understable. Yeah. Overall, and and an excellent, excellent kind of learn to hyzer flip disc. Oh yeah, for so sure. That that's what what and so 
kind of pairing that with the more overstable pine, you still have a disc for a lower speed arm that is not going to turn over in the wind in the pine. And then you have a disc for max distance for a, a beginning player in the seer. And uh, and that's spelled S-E-E-R. So and, and I'll, I'll throw an honorable mention. Um, as you increase speed, a disc that I just I know I can't throw now, but I think as you build up, uh, I think the sword is just a super duper underrated disc. And yeah. I know we haven't gone beyond the the three discs before, but I feel like I just wanted to point out that the sword, um, if you were looking to move beyond like a a nine speed. Uh, and you you throw west side, you throw that trilogy, especially if you're a Nico fan, you're rolling in. A sword is a beautiful way to step into that world. It's like a, a slightly slower, less stable trespass. It's a it's a beautiful disc. Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, that that's what we got for west side. So the uh, the swan, the uh, pine, and then the seer. So those are our our three. With honorable mentions, multiple honorable mentions to Tursus and then Sword, and then uh, Shield, which is very overstable as a putter, but but I I, I don't know that I could recommend the uh, the Shield. Okay. So, so next is MVP, and uh, so we're gonna do MVP and Axiom separately. Obviously, uh, same company you know manufactured in the same place uh mvp discs always have a black rim axiom discs always have colored rims oh you know what i want to take one one quick step back to west side because i i realized we didn't uh do what we did with the the previous um we didn't talk about plastics oh okay well uh, we we only talked plastics on the ones that we had a definitive Okay. Thing. So, oh, if, I was if, just thinking that because I, there are plastics definitely with MVP that I feel like. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it, we we did we talked plastic only if we had like a definitive like yes this is what you need to do like we said uh, you know discraft we said get a, a JB buzz you know like that yeah. sort of thing because we felt that that was important okay. enough. Okay. Okay. But cool. on other ones it's kind of like you know you just got to feel it out whatever whatever works for you whatever you can find. I I would say just real quick going back to what's I one second. I, I would probably uh, go with soft for the putter, just yeah. as a little less stability, regardless of any of the ones you pick. Uh, a little less stability is, is a good way to roll with those putters. For sure. All right, that's awesome. Totally agree. Totally agree. So uh, MVP, um, I, and I actually used to mess around with them a little bit. Uh, as a putter, I say the Atom, um, a fantastic neutral putter, and I, I think it's just the, the best one that they make. As as far as and, putters go, and the ion is just a. a, a I've heard lots. Of, I mean, no, Ian is an ion guy. Yep. Um, I feel like between those two, you're you're fine. Ion is beaded, which I like. Yes. Um, but I think you're fine. I, I we'll go Adam. Adam, go for it. Well, you can choose ion. You can be. I you think can ion. Be but Ian. does have you thrown an ion? Uh, I had one that I pl- used as a catches for a while, okay. and I lost it. Um, but I know they both, they now have the um, Electron for those. Mm-hmm. So get Electron. I mean, yep. we love e- Ian, but like don't electron throw. Electron atoms are great. Don't throw premium putters. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. No. And then uh, the mid-range, I, I chose the Matrix. Yep. Um, because it's it's the most buzz-like disc in, in their lineup, I, I think, agree. in my opinion. 
uh, you know, very neutral flying, flying uh, um, mid range. We did review it on the podcast too, yep. so so there is. And, and I think we said, oh, hey, it's like super like a buzz. It's it's going to give you a nice flat flight and then finish a little bit left. And if you really crank it or give it some ante, it's it's going to uh, give you a little turn, but still finish out as well. So yep. um, just a just a really solid mid-range disc so uh, between those two and it, both of these neither one is is particularly understable in the atom and the matrix they're both pretty neutral overall right and then uh the next one in my opinion the volt a uh, little bit faster um than than some of the other discs that we've been talking about the volt's basically a nine speed um so but it, it, there's a little bit of a gap in the in the mvp discs and in my opinion some of the lower speed ones I just didn't like as much as I liked the Volt. Um, and I think the Volt is is friendly enough for lower speed arms with the understability, especially you can get an Electron Volt. Oh, that's, that's, that's why I brought up the whole plastic, because yeah. I wanted to say yep. Electron Volt for sure is is your uh, your starter Volt. Yeah. So, for sure. I mean, you can get uh, Proton ones and Neutron. neutron yep. They'll be more overstable. But if you started off with a with an electron volt, the nice thing about MVP, even though you're getting the base plastic and electron, which is like their putter plastic, it still has the extremely hard overmold yep. outer rim. So you're getting the more understable base plastic, yet you'll still have the durability of the overmold, um, that black outer rim that is going to be, uh, you know, pretty durable for for rock and tree hits and stuff like that so yeah and um, i and i feel like at some point we talked about the volt and we talked about the electron and it was less stable than i expected but in a really nice way it threw it flat it just was nice slow moving to the right it's um it's 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 fantastic i think as your arm builds you'll you'll figure it out more and more it is definitely a sneaky distance disc oh yeah you you start to to pick up distance with it pretty easily and understable enough that that a beginning arm could could still work with it uh, and if not the the matrix and the atom or ion would would work well so yep. um that's that's our our thoughts for mvp so next axiom of course uh, same manufacturer um different different molds different branding um for them so uh this could go a lot of different ways and uh, you know, just because of how popular the main one is in terms of putters, the the Envy is probably the most popular uh, putter of possibly the entire MVP Axiom Streamline yeah. group entirely. But I think that the Proxy is a better starting point. I do. But with that said, I think you could do okay with an Electron Envy. Yes, Definitely. Definitely. Um, stay away from premium plastic. With Electron Envy, you you could probably do pretty well, and it probably could eat up a lot of your mid-range world, too. You totally could. And by probably, I mean easily could easily. take a, a big part of and your mid-range you know, that world. that might make more sense because of what I was going to choose for the next disc. We haven't reviewed it yet, but I've thrown it. Um, the, so maybe, you know what, I'll backtrack. I'm going to say get an Electron Envy because it's going to be slightly more stable and it'll be a nicer pairing with the next one, which is the Theory, yeah. which is definitely pretty understable. Yeah, no, I think that's a good mix for sure. And, and so, yeah, I'll do that. Let's go Let's go Electron Envy. It is an overstable putter for sure. 
Yeah. But you can still putt nicely with it. Totally. Uh, and your approaches with it will be just fine. Uh, and it can even handle some really full power drives that, that you know, you can use it in a situation where you just want to make sure you don't go left or go right, I mean, uh, for a right-handed player. So, and then next, the theory, uh, understable, glidey mid-range. Yep. This is just one of those easy throwing, uh, flies like a laser beam. It, you will learn how to throw a controlled straight shot with a disc like this. Yeah, it'll be a form check for you too as your arm gets Absolutely. bigger. Absolutely. So you'll, uh, you'll be like, oh, I can throw my envy with everything, but I can't throw my theory like that, and that's fine. Yeah, great disc, but it, it will you know be a little bit finicky for for people at first. But you got to learn that that disc is telling you something when when you're turning it over or it's wobbling out. Um, if once you learn to throw a disc like that on a straight line, your game will get better. Yep. So, and we'll have to review it at some point, but uh, you know that'll that'll be the gist of it. So the next one, I think Joe and I will both be on the same page with, which is the Crave. Instant. Wait, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> Crave for sure. The Crave is uh is an awesome fairway driver. Uh, it is a kind of T bird ish in in terms of stability. It's more overstable than your FDs and Mavericks and Rivers and things like that. Uh, but has awesome glide and uh, you know gets a nice kind of forward fade to it really really super underrated disc like right when i built my gyro bag it was my fd replacement but like robin said uh more stable not as stable as like an og glow fd um but still up there with speed uh i mean glide i'm uh, like an fd it's it's a lovely disc yeah Really, really fantastic. I mean, you could build the the center of your bag around the crave yep. pretty easily, uh, and it's it's great. I mean, the the proton ones are can be pretty overstable, but they still they still get great distance, and they're they're very trustworthy. Not the kind of disc you have to worry about turning over. So with the kind of you know envy in the beginning of this bag as being a little bit more overstable a theory in the middle for something you could throw straight shots or turnovers and then the crave being uh, you know kind of a max distance i think that's the the best way great to go bag. great great uh this is one right of my there. i think this is probably one of my favorite pairings on you know all three of them like this is a nice mix of yeah i know for sure and some of the other ones have been good too but i, I think this is a, a good mix if you went if you went envy theory and crave i you could you could do worse than that. I think but, I could go play a course fine and have a have a great yeah. day. Yeah, and I mean the problem is that that some of these, like with Axiom and MVP, they they don't have every single slot. So right, you, you know, with some of the brands we did in the previous episode where we talked about this, where they might even have duplicates of of kind of slots in a bag, but yeah, totally. With these ones, it's not not every single one of them. So. All right, let's uh, move on to Legacy. Ooh. So, Legacy. And there's there's one of these, there's two of these that I actually bagged for a period of time, and I think Joe bagged one of them. I bagged, I bagged, I bagged a few. And so, in um, my day. The, the one that, that we are both kind of least familiar with are the putters. Yeah. And, and we chose the clutch. At That's least. the most I hear. Clutch and closer, but clutch, I, I feel like I hear people putting with the most. Agreed. So, um, you know, legacy, 
primarily older Innova molds that that have been repurposed for them, but they also, you know, uh, Rico has a lot of input on it as well. But the the putter definitely for us, it, we have the least amount of experience with these discs. But so we're we're kind of just going based on on recommendations from other people. But that the clutch would be the uh, the disc to to go. But the next two. I can tell you with with confidence on these, and people are going to think that we're going to say the ghost because the ghost is the rock clone. No, no, we want you to throw the gauge. Yes, the gauge is an incredibly glidy straight mid range disc. It, I was so stunned by this disc the first time I threw it, especially because I was just throwing it poorly for so long, and I was like, "This is what this disc is," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is what it is." And then we took it back out in the field. With much better form, which still isn't great, but much better form, and it amazed both of us. I think when we, if you go back to the review, uh, you can go to throwstuff.com slash deer review or deer reviews, um, and just search gauge and you'll find it there and listen to that episode. We were both stunned on how great the gauge is. And it really, it's, it is one of those super glide discs. That just you put it out straight and it just floats and floats and floats and floats and then it just lands and yep, and it's a form check beauty. and it's not crazy understable nope it 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 you can still put some good power on it and it is probably one of the most underrated discs that we've reviewed on this podcast I agree I rarely meet someone that throws this disc I don't bag it neither does Joe but nonetheless this is the kind of disc that can really just like anchor a segment of your bag so without a doubt uh, that's a i think more people should be checking out the gauge and then the next one is the the legacy t-bird clone the rival uh so uh, nice seven speed slightly understable more like a just neutral but rivals are fantastic i uh, can get them in a bunch of different plastics and they can just be your fairway driver for the rest of your life that's honorable mention i do agree with rival for sure honorable mention um i did bag for a while for my uh roller uh and it was more of a force down roller but when i went back with better form and threw it uh the bandit is a super underrated disc yeah Uh, i bought it like when it first came out i was a, a legacy head for a minute Back in the day, I if if you haven't been listening for a while, the first two discs I purchased, like with the thought of like I really want to play disc golf, um, which it means the Dollar Tree discs I bought don't count, uh, was a uh, Rampage and a Cannon, which don't do that. It was a poor choice, but I was all about uh, Legacy for a while, <clears throat> thus the gauge. Uh, and I bought the Bandit when it first came out, and uh, going back to it later, I I really enjoyed the disc. It's it's a pretty cool disc. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, rival. I, I haven't thrown the Bandit too much, so I can't add to that. But but I I did a good amount of time with the rival, and it's it's just a, a solid fairway driver. So there's no need to get crazy on that. No, one. and I think that's an an easy an easy run. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, that concludes uh, this segment on the 
on the brand starter packs. We will hit up uh, some other brands. We'll do Prodigy, Castaplast. Um, we're also going to give our uh, Disc Golf Podcast starter pack, like what we think across brands, the, the best three discs to start with would be. So we'll we'll do that next week and and get that in there. So uh, With that said, I'm going to throw it right now. Robin doesn't even know what I'm doing it, uh, and it just means more work for me. Uh, if you are in Slack and, uh, you, I guess in general, and you tag, uh, both of us, if you guess our starter pack, uh, so that's discs and plastics. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I feel like more than one person is that. I think so. The first three people. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, you're you're dealing with this, right? I, I am. I, don't have to I deal am. With this. I, I am. am. I will. This is uh, Joe's problem. People don't tag me. Tag we're gonna. Joe. Uh, I'll send you a random disc from the shitio. Ooh, very nice. I like this. All right. So there, there you have it. That's gonna happen. Like like as soon as this podcast goes out, this is gonna be like ten people. It's gonna be done. Yeah. Actually, I I mean I could see some people messing it up. And if you get it wrong, you have to send us a disc. <laughs> there you go. I like it. No, send me a disc. Me. Whatever. Not not you, just me. Sure. Yeah. No, that'd be fine. All right. It is time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you spring on the course. Tonight, we have the Millennium Draco, a nine-speed, three-glide, zero-turn, four-fade distance driver, and we're pairing that with Sunlight Cream Ale by Sun King Brewery out of Indiana, a 5.3% alcohol cream ale sent to us by Chris Eplin. So thanks, Chris. Chris also sent us some discs um, and some Prodigy stuff that we'll review coming up and uh, some other awesome discs that I'm, I'd like. Honestly, it's one of the best packages I've received lately. We received really cool packages, uh, though. Got a pair, a pair of, of Crystal Ledgestone Buzzes. They're so pretty. And like, there's a... There's a the a, ace line. a a black sparkle. Uh, was it a renegade? Yeah, and and then um, the some of the ace line prodigy discs, the new ones. So, um, very very cool package. Some discs that I'd never seen before. Some discs that I really love. And uh, good time. So thank you, Chris. Uh, and just because we're talking about really cool discs before we get into the deer review, uh, you know you heard at the top of the show, but just like one more big shout out to only the best OTB. Uh, I recently got Lucid X Chameleon Judges from them. They're pretty. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, otbdisc.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. Is it DGPOD or Disc Golf Podcast? DGPODCAST. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bad Joe. DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order at otbdisc.com. God, these judges are so pretty. Yeah. Real nice. Real nice. Yes. Finally. All right, Joe, where do you want to start? Disc or beer? Let's start disc. Okay. So uh, Joe teased this on the episode with Ian that this was, and we saw this on a Facebook post that was on James Proctor's page, was that the Millennium Draco was the 2016 Sexton Firebird mold. Um, And and the more Rob and I talked about it, we just decided... The Sex and Firebird mold is probably the same. It's just a plastic blend. Yeah, that caused the differences from each year. That's what my thought was. Like I would assume. 
I think so. I, I think that the differences year to year probably had more to do with the plastic cooling and the differences in the plastic. And I think the most obvious thing was that while the 2016 Sexton Firebird is one of the more overstable of the sexy birds out there, uh, this Draco is more overstable than that. And we have it in quantum plastic. Exactly, yep. And we think that's why. Right. So quantum is is the equivalent of champion. Champion. It's like lustery a little bit, but Well, yours is mine is mine is like a crystalline like uh kind of grayed out champ. But yeah, yeah. it's that premium So millennium manufactured by plastic. Innova. Yep. So um which could itself just m- explain the flight of the disc um it's a it's a beefcake it's it is faf firebirdie a little bit yeah um it's it's it feels great in the hand i do you know putting it side to side with other firebirds sexy birds um you can tell it's the same mold it is speaking of faf crazy flat yeah it is and 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 firm and firm uh that's what faf stands for by the way flat and firm i i mean flat as f also makes sense i love that i censored myself even though i dropped a fuck like (laughs) three minutes into the podcast Yeah, exactly but anyways um i i think it lives up to exactly what you think it would be yeah this is this is uh, a millennium firebird it's it's great uh overstable uh nice nice big skip to it uh very very firm very flat uh, it's and a nice kind of grip this like uh, a good run of champion plastic i've had some some recent interactions with champion plastic that left me you know wanting i would say and this is this is a good run so what's the what i've just like a, a couple of discs that that i've held in champion that were that, like the flashing was crazy oh, bad yeah, for sure or you know just yeah, yeah, yeah. just other things where it's like really innova did i'm you, not into this yeah did you have to do this you know so no flashing issues on these uh and it is overstable enough that uh you can throw it out right on a hyzer and it doesn't even need to be an extreme hyzer and it's gonna it's gonna spike pretty hard. It's not gonna flare over unless you put a skip. If you put a skip line on it, so it's hitting the ground as it's hyzering out, you'll get a nice big skip. But you can also put it up high, and it's gonna pretty much come straight down, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. So I compare it. Um, it's obviously more similar than a sexy bird. If you go back to us talking about the flare from Streamline, yeah. It's not as beefy. No. Um, and it's not uh, Prodigy OG H1 beef, but it's pretty close to both of those. Yeah. Um, it is a nice beefy disc with a hand feel that um, we've both come to love. Uh, and, you know, it's it's as advertised. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's uh, I mean, th- this is one of the most simple categories of disc review for us, a a uh, a nine speed overstable disc is it's in essence not a one trick pony because you can do multiple things with it in multiple different shots, but what it does in each of those shot ranges is very predictable. So, if you throw it on Anheuser, you're going to get an S curve. 
If you throw it flat, it's going to go flat for a little bit, but it's going to finish pretty hard left. If you throw it on hyzer, it's going to work hyzer the entire way. If you're going to throw it on hyzer and somewhat low, you're going to get a beautiful skip. Yeah. If you throw it overhand, it's going to work out of that overhand and glide out pretty fast. I just made my shoulder hurt. <laughs> you know, so it, while there are a lot of different things you can do with it, it this disc does very predictable flight paths for each of the different shots that you use as an overstable distance driver. So right. with that said, you're not turning it over and it's going to fight out of your Anheuser. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, get over to the beer. Sunlight cream ale by sun King brewery out of Indiana sent to us by Chris Eplin. So thank you, Chris. And this is 5.3% alcohol. Uh, brewed in Canton, Indianapolis. And he sent it to me because I beat him in fantasy football. Ooh. Ouch. I mean, that's not why, but it's Sorry, pretty Chris. much why. Wow. I mean, I'm the number one seed. You know, I did some work in that league. This is famously below the Joe uh, the Joe line of it 6%. Is. It is. But you know what I do? Uh, I was telling you before the podcast, um, one, one beer probably in my top 20, 25. I wouldn't say top 10, but I do love... Uh, Anderson Valley Brewing Summer Solstice, uh-huh. which is a cream ale. Um, yeah. I, I I really enjoy that beer. So, you know, I can live in this world. So the beer says, uh, celebrates American brewing tradition by balancing smooth malt complexity with crisp, clean finish. So that's, that's their selling point on this one. Um, I'd say it's pretty much exactly that it's it's even more subtle than i expected it's not like a like a a very strong cream flavor it's got a little bit to it but it's really just kind of like a a bright uh it's a nice little like refreshing beer yeah i think when i talk about and if you haven't had it if you can find it get it uh the anderson valley summer solstice is like you're drinking a cream soda beer And this is not quite this, like that. No, this nope. still has a lot of ale flavor to it. This is kind of like, uh, and I I feel so bad saying this, um, but I'm be I'm be honest. It's like if you had like a if you uh, went to a restaurant and you got a cream soda, and you had like the ice cubes and you like drank it down, and you had like a quarter of your soda left and you forgot about it for like 15 minutes, <laughs> and the uh, the ice cubes kind of melted into it. Like it's kind of like a watered down. I mean, this to me is, is kind of like a creamy lager. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you definitely yep. taste the malt to it. Um, it it's overall pretty mild. Uh, nothing, nothing too. Uh, you know, that jumps out out at you right away. Uh, you know, maybe it maybe a tad sweet, but overall, it, you got a, like a a kind of creamy lager flavor to it, and five point three percent. Nothing bad, but it, you're with not- that said, I feel like this is what it's supposed to be. And and probably like that summer solstice is like a kind of like crazy I feel like beer I could accidentally crush ten of them, and 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 you know yes I I I concur. <laughs> I feel like I could I could accidentally crush ten of them and still be like, uh, I was I, I don't was, have a buzz. I will say I was expecting more creaminess. Yes, and it's yep. it's definitely like. At most, like a, a touch of creaminess. Yes, like it's not it's not the dominant flavor of this beer. I would say this beer is primarily a semi malty lager that has like a slight hint of creaminess. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's good. It's refreshing. 
Uh, but yeah, I was looking for definitely the the more creaminess. Yeah. So, um, I I'll be honest, not not my favorite beer that we reviewed on this one. I I think if it had been heavier on the creaminess, I I would have been like all aboard on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, totally. Totally. Uh, I, yeah, we can just roll. We can just roll. Um, it's good. I mean, I'm I'm on my second one. Yeah, you. Uh, I'm still on the first. Yeah, it's it's a good beer. It's a good beer. I I don't know that I would seek it out. I don't think it, I I wouldn't. I, I'm gonna be honest. If I saw it, if it if it made it to me, if if I had it, if I went to Bottle Barn and I saw a six pack of it, there's not a part of me that would be like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna get this. With that said, it's good. If and if before round or after round someone popped up, uh, opened an ice chest and was like, "Oh, I got, uh, I got sunlight cream ale," I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah, I'll pop, I'll grab a couple of those and, no, and roll I mean, with them." It's and get definitely after it. a good beer. There's there's nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, without with a it. doubt. I, I think mostly it's not a joke that, horse beer. I I think mostly my issue is that when you put cream ale on the label, um, I, I it should be more than just like a hint of it. I would say. You know, like, yep. like if you drink an IPA that's like, you know, hop citrus explosion, and then it is just like a... And we've had a few of those. We've had a few like of those a, that are like, oh, super crazy pine hop explosion. It's been like, no, nah, It's nope. pretty mellow. Yep. So I, I think that's probably, for us, like looking at the label being like, oh, cool. Like, what it, this, you know, is this going to be like a you know more lactose style thing? Or, or are we going to get like a, a more cream soda style flavor like we like we've talked about so i think probably just caught off guard by the the fact that it was much more mellow than we were expecting but overall it's a nice summer drinker oh yeah i mean a super mild easy drinking uh good ale so i I got no problems with it just just not necessarily something that that uh is is exceptional i think it is a Coarse beer for most, but not for me. Oh, uh, I mean, this is a fine coarse beer. I mean, this is this is a, a a hold it together, still make your putts on the back nine type type coarse beer. I guess this is a. I started with like <laughs> an imperial stout <laughs> to start the round. <laughs> and I need to correct, and now I need to like <laughs> keep my life together. Yeah, I can get after this. All right. All right, so uh, disc the beer. I think both of us are kind of, you know, halvesies, halvesies on it. Yeah. So I updated my uh, auto response for the bag. Oh, I on Slack. No, you haven't. There's still yeah. There's still still numerous inaccuracies. So I updated mine and uh, was already sleuthed out by many that I put the Draco, oh, in my bag. so, because of the the mold, and in my mind, because it's a mold that I already throw and trying to cut down molds, I replaced uh, the flare that I was carrying mm-hmm. with the Draco. Sweet. Um, so, the Draco's in my bag. I carry it today. I threw it today a few times. I actually, uh, thank you, sir, out of um, my 18 holes, uh I got a whopping one birdie, and it was a drive with the Draco. So very nice. Uh, it is going in my bag. I enjoy was it, it. Hole six. Yep. Bingo. Spike that bad boy right in. 
it's a lovely disc, and I know it's one that uh, the more I throw it, the more I'm gonna like get comfortable, and I'm gonna start throwing it on longer holes, knowing that it's not gonna go further than I want it to, and it's gonna finish hard, and I won't have to worry about wind and all that good stuff. Yeah. It's a lovely disc. Uh, for me, uh, not the type of disc that I throw very often. Um, I, I I use these for like get out of jail, forehands, skip shots that I need, but not not a common shot for me. Um, it, and um, I already use Firebirds. I've got a, a nice uh, super overstable glow Firebird that I use, and I have a 2019 Sexy Bird that is way less overstable than that. Um, that yeah, and I still carry a Sexy Bird as well that I use. But but Robin's glow, Robin's glow Firebird is just as beef. Oh yeah, as this yeah. thing. Yeah, um, it's a brick. So I uh, not something that it. I mean, frankly, they're the pretty much the same disc yep so it's is really no reason for me to switch out just for for name namesake so not something i'm going to bag but it is basically an faf firebird that's that's pretty much what right it is. right so now that we've got ours and by we i mean me uh go to only the best go to opd otb uh and and buy them all out because uh they are rad if you've been looking for an faf firebird um or, or just a beefier, sexy bird. Uh, this is one hundred percent the disc. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, so uh, Joe's in on the disc. We're we're both kind of like the beer's good, but you know, I don't know. So it's like, and and I'm not gonna bag the disc because I already got Firebirds. Yeah. So it's like two two and a half out of four. Sure. Um. I mean, I think that's just PDGA's uh, decision to just give shit to Jomez and and not give our boy some love. <laughs> like uh, we're still getting a great product, and I'm excited for it. But uh, you know, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss my CCDG on some MPO action. Yeah, agreed. I definitely will. Totally agree. All right. Well. Uh, that's it for this episode of the disc golf podcast uh, please review us on uh, itunes podcast throw five stars leave a nice review we'd love to see it and it uh, helps other people find the podcast join our slack group we have an incredible community of disc golfers uh, on the app which is a uh, chat app called slack you can go to our website throw stuff at stuff.com and hit the join slack link and be a part of an incredible community of disc golfers. There's channels for everything, whether you want to learn how to throw better, whether you want to learn how to cook, maybe you want to work out a little bit more. Maybe you just don't want to work and you want to chat about disc golf. That's a great place for that. Or you need an enabler to tell you to buy more plastic. It's a great place for that too. I, I will say, if you're trying to join a group to talk you out of buying discs, probably don't join this group. Yeah, this is probably not going to help you with that so i uh, definitely don't do it but joe and i will welcome you it'll be a fun place to hang out and you need more discs so just let it happen it'll be fine don't worry about it we got some super rad mods probably another one to come soon uh it's a lovely place to be uh although you know it's it's getting a little more dicey with tons of people i still think it's nice reddit mm-hmm uh it's it's the place to be it's rad if you are on the fence just do it it's totally worth it yeah and lastly 
support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. We do a pre-show recording before every single episode of the disc golf podcast. And it is a ridiculous, just incredible tangent into our disc golf lives. And uh, there's already like 80 or 90 episodes up there. So if you've already smashed through all our episodes and you're looking for more, join Patreon and you'll unlock just this treasure trove of disc golf podcast episodes that are just largely ridiculous, full of all kinds of craziness. And uh, you won't just you you won't regret it. I promise. So check it out. Patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast and uh, support us and get access to an incredible archive of the most ridiculous disc golf podcast ever. So, and in the meantime, get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. For those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it Smoothly, I'm gonna toss it so sweetly. And then you say, Hey, I hit some metal. And then you say, Wait a minute, Robin. I think I'm starting to get it now. Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hook it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hook it.